I always have something up my sleeve, but I want you to say something. Okay. Big week, Buckface. Hey, that's me. <laughs> or rather, that's what Matt calls me, so I guess we'll go with it. Welcome to 8-Bit, where you can t- hear two 20-year-old straight guys flirting with each other. Yeah, that's us. That is us. I was waiting for you to say that. Well... Hi, sexy. <laughs> This is 8-Bit, episode 19, The Sword of Blah Blah Blah, on Sunday, January 13th, 2013, and now, the Zerg are coming! This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker, with guest Andrew Bailey. Oh, I can't handle you guys sometimes. I have a single if you want to visit. (laughs) Actually, I haven't been in your room yet, and I just realized that, because now I can see it, because you have a webcam now. You're welcome for that, by the way. Yes, thank you. So... I guess uh, we should get right into headlines, eh? Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, we I never guess... mentioned which episode and whatnot. Oh, I oh, guess we oh, could go uh, about the headlines then. <laughs> so the Google TV is getting the Ubitus cloud gaming service, which offers uh, several MMOs and AAA games, but it's too bad that nobody really owns a Google TV. Remember the first episode when we talked about a couple of ridiculously expensive and complicated keyboards? No. Well, if you were listening to the first episode, you would know that. But yes, continue. Uh, oh, that one's a video too, Ryan. We need that video. <laughs> By the way, I forgot about that one. <laughs> the Rocat Rios MK Pro. So it seems we have a ghost on our podcast again? Always. He's our resident ghost. He lives in the system. And uh, I suppose we should introduce ourselves before we get too further. Well, I get the feeling that Ryan may be rolling the film right now. No, okay. I, yeah, we could introduce ourselves. So, I'm Ian Buck. I'm Ian Decker. And I am Andrew Bailey. And we're actually all regular hosts on uh, several of the Nexus shows. Ian and I are obviously here from 8-Bit, and mm-hmm. uh, Andrew is from Control Structure. Mm-hmm. He came in as a guest for us once and was silly enough to try it again. Once yes. upon a time. Yes, Ryan, click on the trailer thing. Yeah, Ghost, you can read. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And Rocket saw the light that it was good and harnessed its power. Trailblazing your path to supremacy with a world of possibilities. The most advanced, most customizable mechanical keyboard ever. Nobody comes close. Use the rocket-engineered per-key lighting to illuminate your key bindings, your macro sequences and cooldowns, your system controls. The included software development kit ensures endless options. Have your keyboard work as a hit indicator. Use it as a health or mana bar. And lots more. Only your imagination is the limit. Suits every gamer. Pick the Cherry MX key switches you want. Available in the four most popular colors. Suits every game. Easy Shift becomes Easy Keyboard. Over 500 programmable macros and three thumbster keys. With N-Key Rollover, you'll never ghost again. 
So that was the most ridiculous looking um, keyboard I've ever seen. How about you guys? Oh, yeah. I mean, who needs that much stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just the keyboard. I mean, you're not even supposed to look at the thing. Yeah, like they they were talking about like it has the the five most uh, popular colors of like the stuff that's underneath the keys. Like seriously, nobody's gonna see that ever. <sighs> unless you're, not... unless well, you're I mean, cleaning. those are like mechanical keys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I've been sort of looking into the keyboards myself. And uh, it pretty much depends on, like, how much noise they make, whether, you know, they're such a color. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's more than that than anything else. That's, yeah, that's way too ridiculous. How much did it cost again? Um, probably several hundred. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> so The Walking Dead uh, Season 2 uh, might be able to import your saved games from Season 1, so your decisions will continue to impact the story. And you know it's too bad? I just what? got rid of the laptop that I played season one on, and I completely forgot to uh, get my safety <gasps> fails off of it before I wiped it. Doesn't it have Steam Cloud? No, The Walking oh. Dead does not. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Which is really unfortunate. I mean, like, I remembered to get, like, my Mass Effect save games and stuff, but completely blanked on The Walking Dead, because it wasn't one of the games that saved in uh, my documents. Oops. Who just saw the Euro Alfalfa, actually. Alfalfa? Oh, really? Yeah. And I go, so I go over to his house, and, uh, and, and Josh is there, um, Josh Linder. Mm. And, and I'm like, wait, you don't live here? And he was like, yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, Linders. So, Razor, Razor's Project Fiona, we've talked about this, um, once before, I think. It's, uh, it was their kind of concept gaming tablet. Um, it has it has kind of become fully fledged now. It is called the Razor Edge, and it is actually available available for purchase. So basically, what they did was they took a an i7 and an Nvidia gra- laptop's graphics card and eight gigs of RAM and stuffed it all into a 10.1 inch tablet. So my re- my question here is, how is it going to keep cool? Because laptops, especially gaming laptops, have a hard enough time with that as it is. And they have, you know, fans and everything to help them out with that. So heating is probably going to be a big issue for it. Also, battery life is going to be a huge issue for it. Because I've never seen, you know, a gaming laptop that lasts more than, like, two or three hours. Um, and, and you know, and it's running Windows 8. So that's neither here nor there, I guess. But, you know, it's, it'll be running PC games natively, and uh, the video shows them playing Civilization V and Dishonored on it. Um, but the the, mo- the most uh, amount of storage that they sell it with is 256 gigs, which isn't really enough if you want to have your, you know, Steam library on it. So, yeah. Basically, in my opinion, it's a really snazzy-looking $1,300 paperweight. Well... I mean, with the, the coolness issue, that's a pretty easy uh, solution. All you do is just get the thing aviators. And voila, it's instantly cool. Ha ha, ha He makes joke. Soviet Russia joke make you? Oh, yeah, and uh, the, the Razor Edge has, like, you know, a keyboard thing that you can attach it to, and it's got the, uh, the, you know, the little things that go on the side that give it analog sticks and buttons so that you can actually game on it. And then it also, you can, like, put it on a dock 
which you know hooks it up to the TV and controller so that you can just use it as a console. Um, but those are all sold separately, so you're looking at you know thirteen hundred dollars plus whichever one of those things you want to get. Doesn't seem worth it to me. Mm, honestly, no. At all, probably not. All right. Guillermo del Toro is in talks with a very, very big company about reviving Insane, the game he had been heading that got canceled by THQ. So, hey, uh, speaking of uh, THQ, I hear they're uh, not doing too well financially, and it's going to be split up and its franchises and studios auction off one by one. Uh, they were originally going, trying to get sold as a whole, but uh, that may not look like that'll happen. Uh I guess they're just uh, going to hold out and see if uh, if anyone offers a big lump sum for the whole thing. So, I guess we'll have a moment of silence for a publisher of great PC exclusive back in the days, like uh, Company of Heroes, Stalker, and Supreme Commander. All right, gas-powered games are releasing new content uh, to be developed for AOE Online, and it's moving to support mode now. Uh, no new content. No or, new content. You read oh, that. no new... Ah, sorry. Misread that completely. All right. A mysterious content has appeared at GPG called Project W, imminent at podcast time. And right now, it's about 18 and a half hours until review. So, we'll obviously know what that is for next week's episode, but I guess our if, listeners can go and uh, check that out if they want to know more. If, if you're it. listening to this right now, go check it out. Pretty much. You'll know okay, what I'm it is. I'm looking at it. Not you, Ian. You're not listening. Am I ever? No, unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, have, do you have a GeForce card? Yes. Uh, you might want to update your drivers or you could be really badly hacked as there has been a security vulnerability uh, uncovered recently. Luckily, I already updated mine. So I went ahead and downloaded those right now. <laughs> Buck is one of those people who, the second there's an update available, he's got it. I'm kind of a compulsive updater. It's it's a little bad. Ooh, it's been a while since I've opened Ninite. I should go do that. Anyway, hey, XCOM Enemy Unknown just got a free DLC called Second Wave that adds a bunch of game options, including you know more difficulty levels, stuff like that, uh, to give the game ca- the game even more replayability, which is a, lo- a much better DLC than their previous one. Unfortunately, their their previous uh, I forget what it was called, but it wasn't very received very well. Now, did you have you even gotten a chance to play it yet? I opened it. Changed the graphic settings so that it was at full 1080p and at the maximum, you know, details and everything, and then I closed it. Oh, okay. I haven't gotten around to it yet. I'm in the middle of the <laughs> That's right. As I kind of maybe hinted at uh, during one of our chats earlier, I'll be getting you Bioshock Infinite for Christmas when the time comes. Yep. Okay. Ouya is holding a game jam to encourage development for the console with $45,000 in prizes on the table. It starts January 14th, so get her done. Which is, like, tomorrow? Yep. Yep. Oh, gosh, tomorrow. Hey, classes start tomorrow. The Ides of January. 
<laughs> so Death Inc. is an upcoming game that is, and this is from PC Gamer, that is set in 1660s England. The Ministry of Morality are in the business of death. Business is good. Ministry of Mortality. Well, whatever. Not morality. Slightly well, different things. But still having to do with death. Uh, a startup aims to put some heart back into the business of stopping hearts. It has a Kickstarter starting, well, tomorrow, the 14th. So, yeah, go and kickstart that if you sound, if you, that made you interested. Sins of a Dark Age has gotten rid of their commander role. So this was a, a MOBA by Ironclad that was going to differentiate itself from the competition by having one of the players on each team playing as the commander who would control all of the minions and defensive structures and they would coordinate the efforts of the other players. But they got rid of that and now they're going to differentiate themselves by introducing RPG elements such as PvE tasks that will give your team rewards. Hmm. So, no more Commander What Do's. Alright, a Reddit user posts a disc image of an alpha copy of Half-Life, eBaying original. So if you ever wondered uh, what Half-Life was before it released, well, there you go. <laughs> so the voice actor for Three Dog teases Fallout 4. It is suspected to be set in the Boston area. So any of you guys played uh, Fallout? Not yet, it's on my list. So Yeah, I've, I haven't played uh, any of the originals. I've played Fallout 3 and loved it. I have New Vegas, uh, but... It didn't quite feel right, so... Was was number three as buggy as uh, Fallout New Vegas is supposed to be? Uh, no. Uh, it's pretty much on par with uh, the Elder Scrolls, since, okay. like, the same people made it. <laughs> so, the list of big gaming companies that are on or are considering to move to Linux keeps growing. Valve, THQ, and Blizzard. Unfortunately, THQ, uh, you know, they're entire future is kind of in question at this point. So, so yeah, it's uh, interesting that uh, Blizzard might be making this official. Mm-hmm. Should mean no more Windows games? That'd be kind of silly. I don't think that the, it'll be no more Windows games. I think it's just, you know, porting Support, a bunch of the... Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. And, and, and from now on, putting yeah, Blizzard. Games. Blizzard was one of those companies that never really abandoned Mac. So. Oh, really? Yeah, like hmm. pretty much all their games are on Mac. And uh, so it's just going to be another platform they support. Hmm. Good guy, Blizzard. All right, awesome trailer time. This is Cyberpunk 2077 in development by CD Projekt Red, makers of the Witcher games. No release date yet. They just say when it's ready. In other words, don't hold your breath. Come touch me like I'm an
police have a suspect anyway. So, in that trailer that we just watched, at uh, 2 minutes and 14 seconds in is a, uh, a hidden message about another project that CD Projekt Red is uh, working on. And it's apparently much, much closer to being finished than Cyberpunk 2077. And they say in the little message that it is a fully open world game with an intense story. And they also say that we can probably guess what that game is. So, The Witcher 3, maybe? Any of you guys played the Witcher games? I have a little bit. I have the first one and the second one. Yeah, I I have both. Uh, the second one I still want to go back to. I haven't been back to it since they released that enhanced edition. Hmm. So, oh well. Didn't uh, get a, Didn't everyone get a free upgrade to the advanced edition too? Yeah, everyone that had the uh, second one. Yeah. So, uh, Game Stick, uh, the Android-based competitor to Ouya. Uh, was removed from was removed from Kickstarter due to an IP dispute. Uh, one of their videos included leaked footage of a game without the developer's permission. Ooh, uh, the video has since been edited and GameStick is back up. They are way past their one hundred thousand dollar goal, and it looks like they will hit one million dollars by the end of their funding time. The Secret World has gone by to play the same uh, model as Guild Wars is on in December. And Funcom notes that uh, their activity is up 400% now. So, yeah, that's much, much better than, you know, their, what do you call it, monthly subscription model. Yeah. Yeah. The Black Mesa mod remake, or, sorry, no, the Black Mesa mod remade Half-Life in the Source Engine, but it isn't done yet. Even some of the levels that are in the game had to be cut short to keep on schedule. Well, another modder has completed the surface tension chapter, and he is planning on working on the on-rail chapter next. Have uh, any of you guys played that? I have not. I'm actually waiting for them to finish with everything before I jump into it. Um, also, I'll most be much more likely to actually download it once it's on Steam. So that might be a while. Um, like apparently, they uh, went to they release everything up until they actually went to the uh, alien world. Mm-hmm. So like they're gonna have to like redo all of that, and uh, like I've played through most of it up until then, uh, and I did notice like a few parts were cut short, like uh, especially that on the, on a rail was like dramatically shorter. So, but the uh, dam level was uh, quite a bit bigger though. So oh yeah, okay. O T O N is a concept for a console that makes games all by itself. At present, it can make one level reliably. 
the idea is that you can give it ingredients like artwork, physics, music, and so forth, and set parameters, and it will make the game for you. Interesting concept. So The Walking Dead Survival Instinct, which is the FPS from Activision that follows the Dixon brothers before the events of the TV show, will be coming out on March 26th on all four major platforms. Hmm. Interesting. Might have to get that. Well, that's the same day that Bioshock Infinite comes out, so... uh, Never mind, I won't have enough money. We have priorities to keep. Worldwide sales of the PS3 have now surpassed worldwide sales of the Xbox 360. They stand at 77 million and 76 million, respectively, including the holiday season. Uh, But uh, combined, they still haven't surpassed the PS2. No. Shame. Are you, are, you, are you saying that we should all go back to the PS2 and just uh, stay there? Mm, not in particular. I mean, we all have PCs, so... Yeah. We, oh, yeah, we could all just go get emulators for it. Mm-hmm. You'd have to find a good emulator and a good ROM for the games that I really liked, though, but that shouldn't be too difficult. Yeah. So, uh, let's, uh, let's see... Uh, Buckface, I hear you were at uh, CES. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I went uh, all the way over to Ryan's house, and uh, we looked at some of the news and just talked and about And you were it. live on the floor, I hear. <laughs> yes. Not on your balls this time? Uh, no, I was actually in a chair, <laughs> not, a, not on the floor. I'm never going to live that down, am I? <laughs> no, nope, it's too good. <laughs> so, uh, did you hear about NVIDIA? Yeah, NVIDIA had some stuff on show. They, uh, they're they jumping into the cloud gaming scene with NVIDIA Grid. And so each of their server racks supports 480 users using 240 GPUs with the equivalent power of 700 Xbox 360s. So that's like uh, two 360s per player. Something like that, yeah, yeah, almost. That's so, kind of crazy. Or no, two GPUs. Half a yeah, GPU per player. Yeah. And then not quite two Xboxes per player. And our ghost points got a decent question. So how many PS3s is that? We don't know. The article didn't say. And I, I, I don't have benchmarks for that. The uh, graphical power of both of them are pretty much the same. So, like, I'm not sure, like, when you guys started following uh, graphics cards? <laughs> um, basically this summer. So yeah, back in the uh, back in the olden days, uh, you know there weren't uh, like unified shader architectures. Uh, there were you know pixel shaders and vertex shaders, and like they were separate. Um, so let's see, I think it was like the last generation of that, like the G four seven series, like the seventy eight hundred or so. That's essentially the GPU that the PS three has. Uh, the 360 is has a unified architecture, but it has the power of like a Radeon X1800 or so, and that's pretty much the equivalent. Yeah, at this point, though, neither of them are anything special. Not at all. But uh, I can tell you what is special. Have you heard about Tegra 4? Oh, yeah. That's... So NVIDIA has been uh, showing that off. Uh Let's see, Tegra 4 has 72 shaders and a quad-core A15 CPU, uh, which is apparently the latest ARM architecture. So, and so they demoed this in uh, their Project Shield, which is the handhold, handheld gaming platform that runs Android 
uh, on Tegra 4. And it's basically, when you look at it, it's, it's pretty much a controller attached to a 5-inch 720p screen. Um, but it can output 4K resolutions over HDMI. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most interesting feature to me is that uh, you can connect it to your desktop, provided that you have a GeForce GTX graphics card, of course, and stream your PC games onto it. So, so what I'm wondering is, like, if you can sort of make like a private on live, kind of, yeah. So with with I'm, the games that you already own, obviously. Yeah, like you obviously have to have you know a desktop and have it be on. But I'm wondering if I could, like, you know, go somewhere else and have it streamed over the internet from my own desktop. Yes, I'm assuming that it does it over the internet and not just over land, because if I'm going to be anywhere close enough to do it over land, I'll just walk to my desktop and play it on my desktop. Yeah. And, and not on a tiny five-inch screen. Um, also, it's kind of amusing, completely and totally tangent here, but I'm looking at the site now where there's the picture of the Tegra 4 officially announced and whatnot. And the picture that they have uh, must have been at a gaming convention, and I didn't realize it at first. Um, but just down in the middle of the screen, just randomly, there's this half of an Asian man's head just popping up in front of the game. It's just like, what? Oh. I thought it was trolling for a second. <laughs> nope. I think out of the two, uh, out, out between Project Shield and the Razor Edge, um, I think that Project Shield is definitely going in the in a better direction than than uh, the Razor Edge because I don't think that the solution for you know mobile tablet gaming is to stuff laptop hardware into it. I think the the solution is to just make what you know ARM better, basically, because that's, that's what Tegra Four is doing. So it's it's powerful, but it's still efficient and you know runs actual tablet stuff. Uh, yeah. Let's see. If you uh, had listened to my previous episode, I had mentioned, uh, like, signage on a Raspberry Pi. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like I was saying there, that, you know, at, at my church, there's a television screen out front that we just have a PowerPoint running on. And I was thinking that, you know, maybe you look into a Raspberry Pi for that. But I'm pretty sure, like, a Tegra, you know, if there was, like, a Raspberry Pi with the Tegra on it instead, that... I might actually bite on that. And it seems like Project Shield is sort of like this, but it has a screen on it, which would sort of be useless at that point. Sorry, I was totally distracted by what Ryan was typing. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan's just messing up our show, even when he's not talking. So, what part of that did you catch? Um, PowerPoints on Raspberry Pi. So if there was a, a Tegra chip on something like a Raspberry Pi, I might actually buy that. Yeah, that would be... It would obviously cost more than $25 then, but... You know, if... Uh, and it sort of looks like Project Shield is kind of like that, except that it actually has a screen on it. Yeah. Which would sort of be useless in that kind of application. The biggest, the biggest problem that I have with Project Shield personally is that it just, like, it physically looks really silly. Like, yeah, it's, it sort of looks bulky. Yeah, like I can't fit it in my pocket. It's a, it's it's a big old Xbox controller shaped thing, and then they just kind of put a screen on top of it and said, "Hey, here this is it works." So yeah, it seems like a lot of stuff was demoed on it too, like uh, Hawken. Mm-hmm. And the does not 
exist yet, uh, Dead Trigger 2. And those were actually, I think Dead Trigger 2 is actually running on Unreal Engine 4. The current, you know, what exists of Unreal Engine 4 at this point. So, future, it's here. Ooh. And uh, the other aspect of the future that is actually here is uh, 4K resolutions, of course. Um, there were tons and tons of TVs that were on display oh, gosh. at CES that are 4K. Um, and so that's probably, you know, the next generation of consoles are really going to have to support 4K resolutions. Um, I'm surprised that, you know, we haven't seen any uh, computer monitors that are 4K yet. Yes. I'm sure we will. But, you know, like the, the, the biggest uh, that I've seen um, for sale anywhere is, you know, 1440p, yeah, which is nowhere near 4K. It'll, it'll probably take forever and a day uh, for 4K monitors. And when they do, they'll be like, I don't know, like a billion dollars. Yeah. One billion dollars. Which is weird. I mean, it's weird that they haven't come out with them yet because they have to know that people like us are the ones who are going to be buying 4K anything, you know, like, because we're PC gamers. We, we, we want the premium stuff. We, we, you know, we have to be elitist. Of course. So, but uh, with those 4K monitors, I'd have to wonder if those are TN displays or IPS. Yeah, well, they don't exist yet, so we don't know. So, yeah, because I love my IPS monitors. <laughs> so, somebody said that they can uh, review the Skyrim DLC? Uh, yeah. So, uh, in the recent Steam sale, uh, you know, they were just selling stuff for really cheap. Um, and, uh, I believe that Skyrim was 50% off several times. Yeah, but uh, I've had Skyrim since release. Same. So, uh, so yeah, Ian, how, uh, how much have you played Skyrim then? No, let me see. 164 hours? Yeah, that seems to be... Uh, oh, I have 203 hours played. So... Well, okay. ho, ho. So, uh, the uh, DLC has been coming out for Skyrim now. Uh, like uh, Dawnguard, uh, Hearthfire, and uh, now Dragonborn. Dragonborn. But, but that Dragonborn hasn't made it to PC yet. So, F you, Microsoft. Uh, because apparently they uh, uh, must have signed some sort of uh, Bethesda must have signed some sort of exclusivity deal or something. So, anyways, the DLC was half off, so I bought that, and that I believe that was the only thing that I bought on that sale. But I've been going through that, and uh, it's been pretty amazing. So, in the, uh... are you done over there? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, en- that's enough. Leave someone, f- leave them for the rest of them. Okay. Wow. Eating during the podcast. You are unbelievable. I notice if I haven't done this before. I usually have a mic that I can mute easily, though. Uh, I believe you can. It's called Up in Your Upper Right Hand Corner. Yeah, like a plane has flown by in this very podcast, and you didn't hear it. Nope, I didn't. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, in the uh, Dawnguard DLC, uh, go off and fight vampires. So, or uh, be one if if you feel like it. Yeah, there's you know, as with uh, Elder Scrolls, uh, there's uh, plenty of ways you can go about things, 
and uh, the DLC is no exception to that. So uh, I don't really consider this a spoiler since it's like right in the title of the game, but you come across a few Elder Scrolls in this game. Ooh. So uh, you get the original one from the main quest and plus two more, and you're supposed to like go after this bow that was wielded by a god or something in order to uh, kill these vampires because uh, like it, this bow apparently wields the power of the sun or something. That reminds me of the Iliad. So, I mean, wait, yes, the Iliad, because they had to have some certain bow of of uh, Hercules to take down. Or no, sorry, that's not in the Iliad. That's that's from a different Greek play, but it deals with the Trojan War. Hmm. Well, the only bow that I can think of that was particularly mentioned in like the Iliad or Odyssey was Odysseus's bow. No, it, it's uh, Philoctetes. Philoctetes. Uh, that one. The trainer of heroes. So, anyways, the uh, the sort of bad part about this is that the main places you go to are on completely opposite sides of the map. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, if you want to do things intelligently, you know, you can fill up on all the other things in between. Uh, so, with all that, I believe uh, uh, Don Guard has taken maybe twenty or so hours at least. Wow, that's quite a bit. Yeah. So. Uh, I have to get it now. That's like, that's longer than a lot of you know other story games that I've oh, played yeah. by themselves. But uh, you know, Elder Scrolls games are really good if you just want to you know go in somewhere and loot and kill mm-hmm. stuff. So I sort of got addicted to that uh, part. Uh, so it doesn't really matter what side you choose, whether you choose to fight the vampires or be a vampire. You get to uh, kill the main guy the main vampire. So you do all that, and uh, if you recall, the previous Elder Scrolls installment was called Oblivion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yep. Uh, Which, in the lore, is essentially like these entirely other planes of existence that are uh, not exactly hospitable to mortals. Uh, But you uh, get to go there on uh, this Elder Scroll fetch quest, and, uh, you know, there's plenty of other things you can do there. And I Wait, have these... You do that in the Dawnguard yes. DLC? Okay. Oh, you get to drop back into Oblivion? Uh, completely mm. different plane. Oh, Because, really? uh, yeah, the uh, the lava towers in uh, Elder Scrolls IV yeah. is uh, like Mayron's Dagon, like the destruction planes. Um, this other one is where, like, souls go when they get trapped in a soul gem. Oh, my. Hmm. So, like, there's, like, all these ghosts and stuff running around. So, uh, like, one of them, like, you have to, like, finish a book for one. Um, so, like, I have these things in my inventory, so I guess I guess I have to go back there to finish that. So, uh, get back there, and even though the sun doesn't really rise in Oblivion, like, I get this message saying that as the sun rises, your energy goes down or something. I'm like... Oh, crap, I didn't get that vampire disease, did I? (laughs) So I'm, like, stuck in oblivion, and I need to get cured of this disease now. And, you know, thankfully, I, you know, thought ahead and, uh, you know, carried a bunch of cure disease potions, so I just did that, and everything seems to be okay. Or you could just be, oh, you know, a werewolf, and then, you know, you're immune to diseases. True that, but uh, 
as I had mentioned in the fringe, my character is an Argonian. You know, I don't really think that uh, a werewolf lizard really uh, really does anything useful. It doesn't sound right. Well, if you became a werewolf, I'm sure you'd get sick abs like mine. They're only sick in that they're anorexic. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> A, uh, a werewolf lizard. I think that might be popular in Japan. You know, consider all things considered, um, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so, and then uh, the Hearthfire DLC is uh, you essentially get to build houses. Your cribs. Uh, so, and that ended up being a lot more fun than I anticipated uh, because uh, you know you can cook food, but. Uh, in the uh, Hearthfire, you can actually like build ovens, so you can like make more food, m- more kinds of food, and uh, plus you can have like a blacksmith forge and a smelter and like all that stuff like in your basement. Welcome to RuneScape. Ian, you should make a forge and uh, share it with Matt, and then he'll be happy. On Skyrim, yeah, happily. But I'd have to buy the DLC first. Oh, so yeah, <laughs> DLC is uh, pretty good. Recommend it. Good to hear. For sure. Might have to pick it up then. Because so. the, uh, the Hearthfire is only like, what, five bucks? Hearthfire. Yeah. Hearthfire is five bucks. Dawnguard is 20. Cool. And high-res texture pack is free. As, oh, yeah. is, as is the uh, Fall of the Space Core Volume 1. Ooh. Fall of what? I think that's what it's called. That's not listed anywhere on here. All the space core gets no search. And of course, there's all of the lovely mods that are all for free. Yep, I got plenty of those. Yep, Fall of the Space Core Vol 1. Wait, Fall or vo- Follow? Like volume, but. Oh. Just, you should be able to type in Space Core. Meanwhile, so we, uh, we're two weeks into 2013, and obviously no real games have come out so far, but coming up pretty soon, uh, we're going to hit the February, you know, wave of, of AAA games that'll be coming out. So, which ones are you guys looking forward to this year the most? Hots. What? Yes, StarCraft II Hots. Hots. Ah, Hots. Yeah, part of the swarm. Is it so, hot because it's fly? Um, you ain't because well, I got the hot sport. <laughs> so uh, I have the uh, the first StarCraft two, uh, the first campaign, and I kind of enjoyed it. It's uh, definitely up on uh, my top ten games of all time. Wow! So it's uh, you know pretty much is uh, you know StarCraft, but uh, updated a little bit. So does it add to the single-player campaign, then? Uh, yes, and it also uh, does some uh, does some stuff with the multiplayer. Well, naturally. Yeah, and I believe it adds a few units as well. So players who get Heart of the Swarm, will they still be able to play with players who don't have it, and they'll just have to disable those things, or...? Uh, I don't think that will be able to work. Um, I really haven't asked that. Uh, or perhaps there will be like two different versions of the game, and you know when you open, you'll either open 
traditional StarCraft II or StarCraft II Heart of the Swarm. You mean uh, Wings of Liberty? Or, or the original? Sorry, sorry, yeah. Terran, Zerg, and Protoss campaigns. The Protoss one is coming. <laughs> so the Terran one's already out. Zerg is coming. Uh, the Zerg are coming! Wow. And the Protoss. Zerg. Living biological warfare. Well, right now, uh, the game that I'm looking forward to the most is uh, Bioshock Infinite, because I've been hearing a lot, a lot of good things about it. Most notably that, uh, you know, people like the the reporters, real reporters who have gotten to play with the game so far have, have you know, likened it to their, their first impressions of Half-Life 2 way back in the day, um, which is, you know, a huge deal because, I mean, Half-Life 2 was, was huge. And even in 2009 when I got it, you know, I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is so great. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Bioshock Infinite. I don't really know what's coming out um, after the summer, you know, next holiday season. But I'm sure that there's going to be some big ones. Yeah, I'm not really up to date on what's coming out. Same. But uh, I pre-ordered HOTS about, I think it was like back in March or so. Hmm. Because I think I ordered Mass Effect 3 and pre-ordered HOTS at the same time. So... Like, every so often, you know, Amazon's been dropping a mail, hey, sorry you don't have a release date for this, like, every month or so. (laughs) So it'll finally come out, like, a year after I pre-ordered it. (laughs) I'm surprised that they let you pre-order that. (laughs) Well, you know, Blizzard's uh, schedule when it's done, Mm -hmm. which is fine because I have, like, all these other games to play. Mm -hmm. Then, let's see, I think it's down to me now, isn't it? Yeah. Um... I guess the one that I'm probably looking forward to the most is Dragon Age 3, if that is coming out this year. I'm... I think that's supposed to be 2014, actually. I think it's actually late 2014, because they actually gave us a realistic release date. <sighs> oh, well. Well, at least that's, this may, this way it means that they'll actually be doing a good job with it, as opposed to having to rush through like they did with the last one. That's what yeah. I was the most looking forward to. And now it's because it's pushed, pushed back farther, that means that they'll hopefully do a good job with it, and it won't be a bit of a flop. And that or, is, uh, that is going of, to... Sorry, what? Or as much of a controversy as Mass Effect 3. <laughs> Actually, apparently Bioware has been much more like open with their process now. Um, you know, telling people what they're doing, um, and some people are like, oh yeah, they're they're just scared witless of the internet now. <laughs> oh, internet. Whatever just, shall we do with the... Which is really funny, because, like, the, the Bioware social site, you know, their forums and everything, are apparently a very, very toxic place to be. <laughs> yeah, he, like, one of the guys uh, mentioned that. Oh, poor Bioware. They're a great so, company. They, they just, are. They get a lot of shit. Yeah, I mean, part of it's like, okay, there's glitches in a lot of their games, yes, but, I mean, their games are so huge, there's bound to be problems. Well, I, then there's there's the obvious things like the Star Child, which is not a bug. Hmm. Well, I didn't really mind that so much, especially since I played through the, the Leviathan DLC, which pretty much gives, like, the history of that whole everything. In all honesty, I didn't mind it either. I thought that there wasn't really any good, good way to end it. I mean, he has to destroy the Reapers, but this is a lot more transcendental, and it's just, like, everywhere. And the funny thing is, like, in my opinion, 
um, the Assassin's Creed 3 ending was a lot worse. Like, it, it was handled a lot worse than the uh, Mass Effect 3 ending. And nobody's been giving them, you know, a ton of flack for that. Probably because it's Ubisoft. Yeah. They're sort of the villains in the PC gaming community. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even console gamers, I haven't heard any of them complaining about it. Hmm. So, yeah. Uh... So I believe I saw a story uh, like maybe two weeks ago about uh, you know all these people interested in uh, buying up uh, THQ. Yep. And like one of them was uh, Ubisoft, and I believe another one was Double Fine. Double Fine. And EA was on that list as well. Yeah. Double nice. It's like well, then I thought about it some more. I was like, well, Ubisoft has kind of repented of their DRMic ways, but they keep doing it anyway, sort of. Oh. And uh, at least they're, like, the only remaining big publisher that uh, puts out new PC games at $50. Oh, instead of 60 Yeah. Oh, gotcha. The thing about, the, the thing about THQ um, that I'm kind of worried about is, you know, their, fir- their original plan was to get sold wholesale, you know, the, the whole deal all at once. Um, and obviously that would be less money than selling each of the IPs individually for more time, but um, then the company would still be intact, you know. And the way that they're being forced to do it now, that's kind of worrying me, is that, you know, all of these other publishers are going to be buying their, their intellectual properties individually. So it's like, well, even if THQ is no longer in financial trouble, they're, they're not going to have any of their games anymore. What are they going to be able to do? Like they're they're not going to really be in a position to go and just start making games right away. They're going to have to come up with something entirely new. I hear that they're massively in debt, and that's what's causing this. So yeah, I'm not even sure if they did get that that it would uh, you know come out good. So I mean, I'm it's really unfortunate because I really have liked a lot of THQ's games, mm-hmm. such um, as Company of Heroes is great. Dark um, I haven't played Metro 2033 yet, but it's on my list, and I've heard a lot of good things about it. Same here. Um, I actually played through some of Homefront because uh, one of the achievements on it was, you know, part of the holiday sale on Steam last year, and it was it wasn't a very good game, honestly. Like I don't I don't I don't know if I'm gonna actually go back and play through the whole game because it it I don't know it didn't really seem very good. Yeah, I was sort of interested in that when it uh, like originally was announced and released. It's an interesting concept for sure. Exactly, and then it came out, and then it's like, uh, it's very mediocre. There was, I, I'll never forget this one moment when um, I was just like walking around, and one of the characters who I was following, he suddenly looked at me, and then like his entire head, except for his face, just disappeared, <laughs> and I was like. Are you okay? And I like, I like moved to the side and his head like came back and then I like moved back into the position that I was in and the rest of his head disappeared and I'm like, oh my gosh. Like how, how did they mess that up? What did you do, Ian? I, I blame you, Buck. I, I broke it. I broke his body. You bucked it. You, you bucked reversed it the vertex order or something. But yeah, that was, that was interesting. Yeah. So. You know, the uh, the list I gave there was uh, you know some some of the games that I have, uh, especially Supreme Commander and Stalker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since you guys aren't really into RTS, you know, 
Uh, in fact, uh, I believe Supreme Commander is probably the RTS of choice amongst my friends. Um, and I have it, but I haven't played it much. <laughs> it, uh, it has a very weird economy compared to other games. Uh, it's a rate-based economy. So, like, mm. instead of, you know, gathering, like, ten resource at a time, it's, like, a constant stream. So, mm. like, if you don't have okay. enough... If you don't have enough resources, like, the building will slow down. And, uh, like, if uh, you're gathering more, you can actually store it. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the maps are huge. Uh, Like, you can pretty much be fighting across a continent with, like, 2,000 units. Which is kind of the opposite of what Company of Heroes did. Yeah, that went into the opposite direction of, like, uh, I believe it was, like, a no-base kind of game. I there, there was, in Company of Heroes, there was, like, yeah, you had buildings that you built, and then you got the units out of them. But it was, like, you didn't get as nearly as many units uh, as a lot of RTSs, and most of your units were actually infantry units because, um, you know, tanks were obviously really powerful, but if you, if you, you know, send in a tank by itself, they're going to easily flank it and then just, like, shoot rockets at its back and blow it up. Yeah. Um, I've played uh, a little bit of Company of Heroes, but uh, I'm not sure what happened. You know, I might have been distracted by something else coming out. But, mm-hmm. uh, and then Stalker has got to be one of the creepiest games I have ever played. Um, like, people say, like, all the time, you know, like, uh, Ravenholm and Half-Life 2. Mm-hmm. Um, that has nothing on the labs in Stalker. Wow. Oh, mother of God. You've been down there, haven't you? To what? Stalker. Stalker, I have not as of yet. I don't think I own that one, but how much does it cost? Uh, let's see, the first one, the Shadow of Chernobyl, I think. Uh, 20 was, bucks. So, uh, Call of Pripyat is only 15 bucks. I think that might have been the second one or the third, I'm not sure. Third one, third one. Which is odd, but uh, yeah, the uh, the first one there, I remember... Uh, like, I was gaming on a laptop at the time and didn't have the uh, graphic settings, uh, you know, up, you know, just because of hardware constraints. So, like, I'm looking into, like, this black, you know, room, like, totally dark, and there's a light above me. And, like, I run in there and, like, some dude shooting at me. I'm like, oh, crap! So I run back out. And then, like, I spend the next five minutes, like, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to go in there and we're going to shoot, Okay. Like keep on repeating that over and over for like five minutes. <laughs> like I realized, like, dude, you're sitting here psyching yourself out. You're not doing anything. So I, uh, yeah. speaking of Ravenholm, I actually went through and did the achievement uh, where you get, you know, you only use the gravity gun through the entire Ravenholm chapter, and that was actually pretty challenging, especially, you know, if you accidentally shoot one of your saw blades, like, way off into the distance and can't get it back, and then you're stuck, like, trying to find bricks on the ground or or pretty much anything to try and stop these stupid, fast zombies that are coming after you. Mm -hmm. You can still use traps, though, right? Yes, of course. Well, I mean, yeah. You just just have to have the uh, gravity gun equipped the whole time. Okay. I kind of want to go back and play through those games now. Wait until they announce Half-Life 3 and then do them all at once and then, yeah. Let's see, then uh, in Half-Life 2, Episode 2, I still want to launch that stinking gnome into space. <laughs> I, like, yeah. Eventually, next time I play that, I will get that gnome into freaking space. <laughs> that goddamn gnome. I think, um, 
Leaf was telling me about how he so he he got the gnome and he um he brought it with him all the way to the the level where you are you know fighting off all of the ant lions with the help of those two idiots who keep yelling at each other you know and then and then he left the gnome there in order to go down with the with the uh, vortigaunt to get the the stuff from yeah. the ant lion nest and uh and when he came back you know he was like oh yeah I'll just come back and the gnome will still be there well no because the game reloaded a, the map anew and so the gnome was not there because you know he went I'm, to I'm pretty sure I left the gnome behind at that point um and I I'm not sure how far I got uh but like so you have that one car there the gnome keeps flying out <laughs> That's the most frustrating thing. Oh, yeah, because you, you wouldn't be able to hold it while you're driving. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm constantly looking back there. It's like, oh, no, flight out. Oh, darn it. <laughs> Stupid gnomes. I think I'll avoid them. And, of course, just, like, you know, getting out of the car and walking isn't really an option. Well, yeah, it's a requirement at that point because it flew off into, like, some bush. <laughs> so you need to, like, get gravity gun out. <laughs> I think my favorite THQ game was still the first Darksiders. It was really fun game. It was very close to the God of War series, if you've ever played those ones. Um, as if they had mixed that and Legend of Zelda together. And that is not a bad combination at all. Not at all, actually. Because it's the bat, well, as I had said before, the badassery of God of War, um, the play, the play feel of Legend of Zelda, and some bastardized Christian mythology. Sounds like a good package to me. That was the first one. The second one is now just—it's not quite as good. I'll, we'll just say that. Yeah, I heard that they uh, epically messed up the Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Death, poor death. I mean, it just there was a lot of stuff that they did. Like some of the game mechanics, it was supposedly supposed to be more smooth and whatnot, and it felt like there was a lot of stuff that was really choppy and sort of bulky in the second one, whereas opposed to the character was supposed to be a heck of a lot more smooth. They did um they did DLCs really weird in that game too. Like they just kind of they threw the game out there, and then they like like the next thing I know, there's like 15 different DLCs, and they're all like get so and so's sort of blah 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 you know and it's like well I don't really want to pay money for that it's not worth it yeah no so the first one was definitely better hmm. so I encourage everyone to go out and play the first one if you add if, well okay if you thought it was okay go ahead and play the second one because if you love the first one you're going to hate the second one <laughs> and then uh, Metro 2033 uh, from what I hear, is like sort of along the same lines as Stalker, you know, with the nuclear apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So, and then like I remember right when it came out, like people were saying, like, man, this thing is like beautiful and like really stressing your hardware. So, you know, people can finally stop saying, can it run Crisis? <laughs> I mean, people keep on asking that. Why would you want to know if this hardware runs a six year old mediocre game for? That's, I don't, Crisis is five years old, isn't it? Uh, six, I believe, two thousand seven. Yeah, I think twenty thirteen now. Oh my gosh, it is! <laughs> I'm living in the past. <laughs> Tell me about it, man. Two but, weeks in the past. 
Like, 2006 was, like, the good old days to me. I don't know if I've ever had a good old days, really. Yeah, because, like, I remember, you know, it was like, I uh, keep I kept on saying, it was like, oh, back in the good old days, back in the good old days. It's like, well, I finally sat down and figured it out. Like, thankfully, I had, like, some chat logs from the time. <laughs> so. I don't know, Ian. I've, I've been reminiscing about our days in the Boy Scouts, so... That was fun. Those those were good old days. But now we have the wonderful nowadays. Mm-hmm. College. At least my my nowadays are pretty dang wonderful. And you know all the reasons why. I usually tell you everything. Oh, of course. I hear about it as you're waiting for a uh, text message, you know, all yeah. night. Yeah. Yep. Have fun with that, Ian. I'll just go to sleep. <laughs> it sucked. I couldn't. <laughs> But then I got a yay in the or then I got a yes in the morning. So, so uh, should we kill this podcast? I suppose so. We've so been so. rambling for a good you know ten minutes now. I think. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to have her as a guest sometime soon too. Yeah. Well, you'll have to get her down to Casavis, I suppose. I suppose it shouldn't be too hard. It's only an hour and a half. All right. So you are. I am Ian Buck. And uh, you can find me on the internet at my blog, ianrbuck.blogspot.com, and on Google+, where I post links to interesting things that I find. I am Ian Decker. You can find me on Google+, and on Steam as DS Bigfoot, and on Guild Wars 2 as Bigfoot5140. And I'm Andrew Bailey. Uh, you can find me on the web at wherever. I'm on Steam 2 at, like, whatever group we have. Uh, <laughs> you can click my moon face on the podcast page you downloaded this from. So, have a good week, everybody. See ya. Yay.